0: In our last episode, we talked about your business being a sock in a box. If you missed it, we covered the risks of charging a premium level price tag without delivering a premium level service. Today, Kate and I are going to dig into that idea in more detail, namely, how do you offer a service that you can confidently charge more for? Why are some copywriters so expensive and how can you be one? Let's do this. Hello and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. My name is Belinda Weaver. I'm a copywriter. My business is Copyright Matters and that's where you can find all sorts of courses, coaching and content.
1: With me as always is Kate Toon. Hello, Kate. Hello, my name is Kate Toon. I'm a copywriter, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School where you can also find courses, jobs, a community and more. So much more. Now, in our last episode, Kate, apart from having
0: a rather fantastic title, Mm. is your business a sock in the box? Still love that. Um, We gave people the warning signs, some tips on preventing clients from experiencing that sock in the box moment. But I thought, and I think you agree, we could be a little bit more helpful. That's what we're all about.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. Like we were basically saying, Don't charge too much unless you can deliver on it. But then what if you can deliver on it? What if you want, you can charge these high rates. How can you be a more profitable copywriter? That, dear listeners, is what we want to do. We want to bring in more money for you so you can lead the life you want to lead bit of woo-woo, but there you go. But seriously, no one wants to be a freelancer scrounging around for low-paying jobs with crappy clients. So today, we're going to share some practical ideas on how to become a high-priced copywriter and all the steps to get you there. Awesome.
0: So, you know... Let's be realistic here. Copywriters are just like any other service or product. You'll find cheap copywriters and expensive copywriters and a copywriter for every price point in between. So, you know, if a copywriter seems too cheap, I think we can always um, all agree that it, it's possibly too good to be true. Um, the idea of being expensive is totally subjective. So, I thought we could cover first maybe the idea about kind of the value a good copywriter offers. And this, I think, is what your business baseline should be. So. My first one is a good copywriter asks hard questions. So this is really not just having a brief but having a really good detailed brief. Like who is the audience being targeted and dig into that. Push on to clients to give you some really good information. What stops them from buying the thing? What do they fear, love and worry about? What exactly does a client... Do to make their brand relevant and meaningful. How are they unique? And we have an episode about how uniqueness isn't really the thing, but it's what you need to dig into with your clients. This is all about pushing a bit more and not necessarily taking the easy, glib answers that some clients can give you. You really need to be able to get um, into the details and uncover the gold that a business has. And they, every business has the gold.
1: Yeah. So I think it's all about, you know, being flexible and adaptable. Is that kind of what you're saying? Well, I think it's not just going, having a brief
0: that digs deeper um, than this, maybe the standard questions and also asking maybe the questions in different ways. If a client
1: gives you a pretty shallow answer, figure out how to dig a bit deeper. Or, or just challenge them as well. Like, yeah. and I think that leads into the to the next point: is that a good uh, copywriter offers a fresh perspective on marketing messages. So. You know, with any brand, it's easy to become complacent about you know the marketing messages or the copy that was written way back when, but perhaps they've become a bit stale or a bit irrelevant, or perhaps they weren't even that good in the first place. Mm. It doesn't really matter how much time your client spent on that whoop-de-doo branding workshop a few years back or even a few weeks back, if their marketing messages are fluff. They won't be worth the characters in the copy you're writing. So a good copywriter brings a clean slate to a project and helps each client see the amazing things they can do with fresh eyes. And I think this is tough, yeah, because we don't like challenging our clients. But, you know, especially in this early stage, often we're still at the point of trying to woo them. We're trying to lure them in. So it can be a bit awkward to be going back to them and saying, hey, I know you just spent three and a half grand on a branding workshop, but I think that tagline's terrible. And I think that snippet that you wrote here really doesn't work. And I don't think it addresses your audience. It's about being able to offer the hard truth and opinion to clients. Um, yeah, I think that can, it can be hard to do and you've got to be strong in yourself, but you know, we've got to remember that these people are paying you to be an expert. Yep. You know, and often we always say that our worst type of clients are the ones that say, I could have done this myself, but I thought I'd hire you. Um, and to a degree, <laughs> all clients think that. All clients come thinking that they know exactly how their brand should sound, what they want to say, and they're not always right. So yeah. you've got to make a choice between keeping your client happy or challenging them for a better result, which is going to make their, them happier in the long term.
0: And more often than not, I had moments where through the brief, when I was asking questions and I was digging deeper and deeper, I would say to be saying to my clients, oh, wow, that's pretty amazing. We should definitely highlight that in the copy. They'd be like, oh, really? Oh, that's just a thing that we always do. Well, that's amazing. And we should highlight that in the copy. And that's the other thing that a copywriter can bring is that that's the fresh perspective as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, of
0: course, we bring the skills, the writing skills. So, you know, as much as everyone thinks they can write and everyone secretly does, good copywriting takes training and it takes effort and a good copywriter is always honing their craft. So we understand the words that sell. We understand the psychology behind influencing behaviour. We understand the editing techniques that make a um, succinct hard to say message and that's what the the skills that we bring and that is worth the money and that's worth investing ourselves that's why you're listening to the pod right
1: yeah, and I think you know, there's, we talk a lot about proof when we're talking about selling and conversion copywriting. You know, I, as you've always said on this this podcast, I haven't done any courses. Uh, Belinda, however, has, and lots of the copywriters in my community have. And a lot of those courses will give you little stamps of approval and, and things that says, "Hey, I'm a graduate of this and I'm a graduate of that." Um, and I do think that's quite powerful in in the pre sell. I mean, obviously, you have to have done the course and taken it on all on board and become a better writer. But if you want to illustrate that to a client, it's kind of hard. But a couple of logos in your could, could help with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so another thing I think a copywriter does is really spend the time so that the clients don't have to. And remember that they've come to you with a do- job that they don't necessarily want to do you know they want to focus on their business business so everything that goes into good copywriting takes time considering the target market getting to know the brand personality checking out the competition and seeing what they're doing and creating that original copy that speaks to the right people in the right voice so the big question your client is left with is how much is their time worth that's how much value a copywriter can add that's how much value you can add and that's how you can sell yourself as being a copywriter worth the price tag so what kind of things can you do to justify this premium price tag okay we've we got some extra tips here well i'm i'm going to jump in with the first one and it kind of ties back to your first point about you know um asking the tough questions yeah so I really think that the brief is everything. How you take that brief, the format of it, what questions you ask, how challenging you are. So when a copywriter asks a client a lot of questions, that's a sign that they're taking a genuine interest in the business. They're taking it seriously. And that's a good thing. That time is factored into the copywriting quote, but it is worth every penny. And that willingness to dig deep is what clients are really paying for and it pays back big. And it's the only way you're going to find those insights that are allow you to write really amazing copy that's beyond the ordinary. Because if you don't dig deep, you're going to be writing the same blah, blah stuff they've always had written before. Your goal, as as Belinda said, is to dig deep enough that you find that gem that even they hadn't discovered or that they didn't even realize was there. I love that point. Um, Some clients find the in-depth questioning tedious and time-consuming. That's true. Lots of people do not like filling in a brief. So, you know, one easy way to get around that is to do it over the phone, do it over Zoom, because then you're building up the relationship as well. I don't, I think we've talked about this before, but I never did that detailed brief until I had the deposit in the bank. So I did a very top level brief that talked about number of pages, number of words and what I was doing. That was just to give them the the rough quote. And the detailed brief comes after you've been paid. So you can invest that time. You're not investing that time on a job that might not happen. You're only investing that time on a job that's already been sort of paid for. So, you know, yes, they'll find it challenging, um, but you really have to force them. Yeah. <laughs> it's a red flag to avoid. If, if they avoid it, then you'll be writing copy without substance and then it won't be good copy. And they'll be like, this copywriter charged me this much money for copyright copy. That's really, really bland. So you have the Stock and, a boss. and it's like when you go and see like, a, you know, you can go and see a personal trainer that just says, I'll do some sit-ups. Or you can go one that says, no, 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 you've got to change your position. No, 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 you've got to change your position again. That's wrong. No, your legs got to be here. And it's annoying. And you're like, just let me do the sit-up. But he knows that if you get the right position, that one sit-up is going to be worth 10 other sit-ups that you've done without them. So that's yeah. my little analogy. Does that work? Maybe. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I, I cannot relate to that at all.
1: But <laughs> I appreciate that it's probably true. <laughs> I'm sure you could do one sit-up. You do one. I can't even, I can't really do one. I can maybe do like a crunch, but I can't actually. My exercise routine is, you
0: know, like those videos you see on Facebook where, you know, there's um, people doing yoga with straws in their mouths and then the straw goes into the wine. Yeah, that's that's you. That's yeah. (laughs) You're lucky. All right. (laughs) No, but I mean, these are things as well when, whenever, all the tips that we're giving to you now is when people say, oh gosh that quote's higher than I expect. These are things, everything that we're talking about in this pod are things that you can outlay to say, well, this is the value that I can bring to your project. And this is why I am reassuringly expensive to take that
1: stellar tagline, which I love. That used to actually be my tagline on my homepage. I borrowed it. I'm reassuringly expensive, you know, because it, again, I actually addressed this problem on my homepage. I actually said, you know, on my um, pricing page, I said, what, you know, question, why are you more expensive than other copywriters in Mm. Australia? And it's like, because I'm better, because I've worked with more and, you know, we haven't talked about it here, but I think we're going to bring it up. You know, I've worked with these big brands and that's, you know, everyone likes big brands, but what does that really mean? It means that I've gone through some really challenging stuff and you're trying to work with million dollar campaigns. Every word counts, you know? So, Backing it up. And I think this is your tip too, isn't it? That how to back up the price. Yeah, that's right. So my next one is is having the experience to back up the
0: price. And I know a lot of listeners might be going, but I don't have a lot of experience. And that just means, well, you don't get to charge the top dollar just yet. When you got the experience, you can absolutely charge the rate. And you know, this boils down to the fact the more experience you have, the more you can charge because you're writing faster and better. You're writing better in a shorter period of time. Um, You know the questions that reveal a secret source of a business. You've got your briefing process down pat. You've got the testimonials to back up the portfolio of project. Um, You're actually confident in your skills. And you know what? We've talked about pricing before. Must link to the pod, mental note. but pricing is often about confidence but you've got to be able to back it up with the experience and the proof as well but you know the more experienced you are you as i said you're able to write faster but you don't have to reduce the quote because your quotes aren't just about time your clients are paying for your experience and your knowledge and your craft. So, you know, the other point here is you've got to keep learning. You've got to keep advancing your skills in all areas of your business and your copywriting.
1: And I think it's also here about saying, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be experienced in terms of years. Like if you are just whiz-banging mm. in a couple of years, you get up to speed and you are awesome, that's fine. Like you don't have to have a certain amount of years under your belt. It's no. an easy way to bring down um but i think you know one to two years maybe you're at the lower end then two to two to four you know you're kind of at the mid-level after that it's whatever you want really and if you're awesome after two years good for you if you've got agency experience you've worked on all different kinds of things hurrah i think another thing and i'm not sure if we're covering this is people pay more for specialists so if you have i hadn't thought of that that particular, you know, email marketing course or that conversion copywriting course, um, you are a specialist. You have skills that other copywriters don't have and people will pay more for that. Back in the day for me, it was SEO copywriting. Mm-hmm. and That was a thing and not everyone offered that. And even now people will say, oh yeah, I can write your web copy, but I don't do SEO. And I'm like, well, then you don't write web copy. But that specialism allowed me to charge more. So I do yeah. think it's t- Testimonials, I think it's time, I think it's uh, the breadth of the clients you've worked on, big brands, small brands, different types of campaigns, I think it's niching, I think those are all really helpful. Um, and then the other great thing about being a super awesome copywriter who charges more is that the client has an easier time of it throughout the mm. whole job. I, I mean, I think the whole project will run smoother because you're confident. You've done this a hundred times. There is nothing they can chuck at you that you haven't experienced before. Even if they show it to their wife's sister's cousin to get amends, not going to bother you because you've been through this before. You know how to handle it. So, you know, the process is easier. The onboarding is easier. It's more, less stressful. You get the feeling that the copyright is holding your hand and guiding you through the project. You're not having to chase them. They are project managing you. They're clear in their communications, clear in their milestones. And even better, which is the biggest thing for clients, there are fewer revisions. So yes, yep. we all factor in our revision time into the quote. It's normally part of the process, but. A copywriter worth their salt, a copywriter who invests time in the initial briefing will get it fairly close to correct on the first version. So even the way I used to charge, and I, I know you did a similar thing, when people bought my copy, they paid for that first draft. And then I gave them two free rounds of amends. So that was pretty much it. When you got your first draft, it was 80, 90% of the way there. And then the last two rounds were like, you know, little bits of bobs of changes and then proofing. Yeah. Uh, and there wasn't back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, which would have wasted my time, but more importantly, annoyed the client. Uh, and you know, of, they don't want to read the copy deck 17 times. They've got yeah, other things oh, God. Copy. And then so, it, it all comes from the brief. The brief is yeah. everything. Yeah. And taking that time up front. And also... Using that briefing process and the discussion time to get the client on board with your ideas, to pre-sell them, to really get to a point where you've already agreed what you're going to say, and now you're just pretty much writing it up. That's how yeah. it should be. You know, there should be no surprises in that first copy deck. It should be like, wow. I loved. Um, I always love it when the client says working with
0: you was so easy.
1: Yes, I think that's I think that,
0: very complimentary.
1: I, I say this a lot in my group. I don't mm-hmm. think necessarily clients are buying amazing copy because I think a lot of clients, and this is no disrespect, wouldn't be able to tell the difference a lot of time. Mm. You know, some good, it depends on the level of experience. I think they're buying great copy. Yeah, they want that, but they're buying the relationship. They're buying the ease of this thing. They want it, yeah. to be, it wants to be an enjoyable experience. A lot of you, if you're working with small businesses, they will never have worked with a copywriter before. And are they going to remember the adjective on page seven or are they going to remember that you had a great call and you really felt heard and listened to and seen and the copy really felt like something they could be proud of? You know, yes. I, it's a lot to do with the relationship. Absolutely. What's, what's the, the th- next sign? What's the next tip that we've got? Well, it's that you're busy.
0: And, you know, I don't have this as, like, it's not a badge of honour. Being overworked isn't our goal. No one starts being a copywriter and ditches their day job in order to work all the hours that we work. Gosh, we work hard. But the fact of the matter is a crappy copywriter, will not be able to sustain a reputation for long enough to be continually busy. So, being busy is a sign that you're a copywriter who's worth the investment, especially if you're getting clients coming back or, and I should say, um, referring you to their network as well. So, word of mouth and being booked up are good signs that you are worth waiting for.
1: I agree. And I think this is a really good little thing on pricing. If you find that for a period of three months, the little formula I've just made up on the spot, Mm -hmm. if you find that for a period of over three months, you are booked continuously a month to six weeks ahead, you up your rate. You up your rate by 10 or 20%. Because you have enough of a pipeline and enough demand that you can actually start charging more. And then you might notice a little dip and then you'll get busy again to the point of six weeks. And that's when you up your rate again. Because, you know, you you obviously all of us want to be charging a reasonable amount, a fair amount. We don't want to be socks in boxes. But, you know, a sign of being super busy constantly and feeling like you're not getting anywhere and the money isn't right is that you're just charging too little. Yeah. We say this on the pricing pod that you know, 50% of your proposals, I don't think this is true. Okay, let me put it this way. 50% of your ballparks will be knocked back. So I'm yes. all ballparker. Ball so, you know, you go to somebody say, yeah, it's going to be two to three grand. 50% of people will just go straight away. You're too expensive. That's yes. fine. And that's a good result. I'd say 95% of your proposals should be accepted. Yes. You shouldn't, you shouldn't take the time to even write a proposal unless you're pretty certain you've already got it in the bag. That's my... Super so, you know cheap I mean?
0: listeners, absolutely agree a hundred percent. I was talking with a member of my community and um she was spending a lot of time on proposals and I was like, Dear Lord, two hours on a proposal, too long, too long. Yep. So we worked at finessing the pre-proposal steps, and it's just cut down a lot of admin time, really.
1: Yeah, you used to bang them out in half an hour because really most of it was formulaic. That's why we have the templates. Get the template from the shop, people. It's awesome. <laughs> and anyway, you know. when you're putting
0: your price up as well, yeah. you'll, you won't you will get as busy but you'll be getting higher value clients but at the same time you've got to run through your little list here of tips that we're giving you on the pod. Am I still worth it? Am I worth this new price? And of course you say, of course I'm worth it. But check, check your process. Are you delivering on the service? Are you making your clients? feel all the feels, not only about the copy that you're writing because the higher, the more money you charge, the better the copy has to be along with the relationship because you might attract uh, clients with bigger budgets, bigger brands and things like that. And the expectation is a lot higher than a small business who has not worked with a copywriter. So, you have got to, I absolutely agree with your point, Kate, That is more important to have a great relationship But you've got to be able to back it up as soon as you start getting into that top tier price.
1: I agree. I mean, that's that's kind of the next point. We've kind of covered it, but I'll I'll go over it again. And and it really is all around that service. It's what we talked about with sock in a box again. You know, the most important element of charging a high price, and the point uh, you know of it all is that you you really if you're asking clients to pay serious money to write their copy, you need to make sure that you deliver excellent customer service you know as we said making sure the client feels listened to like they've got good value that they feel heard that that they enjoy the process, and you know, simple ways of doing that are to be super clear about what your process is from the get-go, and be clear and firm on that, and don't waver from it. Give them clear milestones at the start of the project, and continually update them on those milestones. If they slip, they fully understand that the deadline has slipped, that the end result has slipped. Um, have regular conversations with them, however you choose to do that—over the phone, over Zoom, via Slack. Keep the communication up. Don't go dark on them. Don't go awol. Uh, It doesn't help anybody. Uh, Under promise and over deliver. You know, don't say it's going to take you a day to turn around the amends. Give yourself a good three days. They haven't got an expectation and generally there's nothing driving the deadline. You know, they haven't Mm. got a television ad going out. So be realistic so that you can deliver in two days and go, Hey, I managed to prioritize your work and I was really into it. So I got this done early for you. Boom. Uh, And you know, really never ever. It's like you're dating. It's like the bachelor. Yeah. The bachelorette. You have to pretend that you're the only, this is the only client you're dating right now. If you're yeah. talking about all your other clients and saying, I'm so sorry, I can't speak to you at 12 because I'm speaking to my other client. Or I'm so sorry, I didn't get to your work because I had to finish off something from my other client. They don't want to feel like just another project in your Asana software, in your busy, busy schedule. Mm-hmm. You have to make it feel special. Yeah. Um, and the other thing which we talk about a lot is find little secret, cool ways to delight them and make their life easier. So, you know, one thing that I used to do, and it sounds almost evil and odd, I might've talked about it before. So I had a little spreadsheet where whenever I talked to the client and they told me anything about their real life, like, Oh yeah, I had a busy weekend. I did a triathlon or whatever. Just made a little note of it because it's hard to remember everything about everybody. So the next time I spoke to them, I was like, Hey, how did that triathlon go? You know, it's just beyond the job, taking it a little bit beyond the job. But also, you know, if you spot a really cool article about fish and your clients in the fish industry, just send it along to them. Or if they po- nice. post something on social media, take a few minutes to say, well done, or share their post or, you know, yeah, just take it beyond putting words on a page,
0: you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things to think about, I mean, one thing I used to do is send thank you things when people paid their invoice. I used to send a lollipop when people paid their invoice and then I realized the posties were stealing my lollipops. Um, So I decided to send cute little postcards and I had a variety of them and that's all very well and good. But that's kind of after everything's wrapped up. So if the project's gone tits up by then, that's a little too late to be sending the lollipop. So we've got to do all this relationship and building and delight stuff at the front of the project and that's where I would always really invest in the brief. I always do it on the phone because it's a really good chance to build rapport and more often than not I'd be looking at the clock going, gosh, it's taken a long time. But it would make them feel really, really good and then you know, keep the communications up and all that kind of stuff really yeah,
1: helps. I think it's so important because, as, you know, as we all know, like when you've just paid for something, uh, you know, just paid a deposit, you felt pretty good about it it's when you have that buyer's regret and you go, oh my God, have I made the right decision? I mean, mm. I have this when people, you know, they buy my course and it's not a cheap course, it's two grand. And I'm like, don't buy it unless you want to. But I know that everybody pays is so excited to have paid and get on and it's kind of frenzy. And then the next day they're like, oh, what have I done? So it's at that point that I have to reassure them and, and reassert the value and go, you know, this is going to be good. Look at what you're getting. It's going to be awesome. Um, you yeah. made a smart decision. Yeah, you're yeah. Smart. acknowledge. Acknowledge the deposit. So send them an email saying, thank you so much for your deposit. I am so excited to get started. In fact, I've already been having these great ideas about you. I was thinking about your project last night in the bath and I can't wait to have our briefing session because I've got so much that I already want to talk to you about. Do you know what I mean? That make them yeah. go, awesome. They're as excited as me. They're more excited than me. That's what I want, you know? Yes. So yeah, really Absolutely. build up.
0: And then again, don't, you know, when the project ends... It's, it's yeah. you don't just drop them. They're not dead to you. It's
1: look for ways that you can keep. Um, <laughs> they are dead to me. Yeah. Once, once I've got their money, it's like, bugger off, next one. Yeah, I've, I've got other people to surprise and delight now. Move along. <laughs> but,
0: yeah, just, you know, keep looking for that opportunities because once they've paid their final invoice and they've got the copy, you still want them to feel really good about it.
1: Yeah. And you want because- them to feel
0: valued by you as a customer.
1: Yeah, because they're going to go out into the world and talk about the experience with other people. And I mean, I think, I don't know if we've done an episode on this, but I really think we ought to. I think it's so important to understand the type of copywriter you are. I am a one night stand copywriter. That's just who I am. Me too. But, you know, I like to, what is it? Something and forget? I don't know. What is it? It
0: Sounds, <laughs> sounds rude. Whatever it is. Probably,
1: probably not appropriate for the show. Um, <laughs> You know, but other people are really good at long-term relationships. I think it's really important. There's nothing wrong with working with a client and then they move on and you don't continue to work with them. Not because they don't like you, because that's not who you are, you know, that's important. But one other thing I wanted to add here, and like, it's not something we've covered in this episode is, you know, especially in some markets, it's going to be about results. So people are going to want to see that you increase someone's conversion rate from X to Y, that someone had an email list of this and your email got increased their email list by blah. It's not something that's done a lot in Australia. So, you know, no copywriter that I've worked with in Australia or that I know says, yep, my copy is going to do this for you. It's going to increase sales by X if you are going to go down that route, you know, which obviously does enable you to charge more, if you can say to a client, I can increase your bottom line by blah, I can improve mm. your conversion rate by X percent, then that offers huge value and hugely enables you to charge more. But of course, you have to have the results to prove that you've done that before, and then you have to live by your word. So if you yeah. don't get those results, what happens? Do they get their money back? What do you think of that? Because you're in the American market now, and, and it's much more common over there, isn't it?
0: um you know what i think <clears throat> excuse me i think um in-house copywriters get a lot of a lot more opportunities to do that because yeah. they get their eyes across the results of campaigns and yeah. they're working collaboratively collaboratively to do things like ab test with other elements of a campaign so that's when you get those kind of results And direct response copywriting, I think, is a lot bigger over here. So, Mm -hmm. you do tend to get copywriters that talk about the results of the campaign because they are what's most important. Um, And it is what it is. I think if you can collect those results, more power to you. But in my experience, I wrote a website for a plumber. I gave them the copy and I never heard from them again.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing is be very cautious around making any kind of ranking or SEO guarantees. Um, even if you are a superlative keyword researcher, a fabulous SEO copywriter, you're only controlling that side of it. Oh, if their yeah. site's technically flawed. If, if they are in a super competitive market, if they don't do any content marketing or backlink building, the best SEO copywriting in the world will not save them and will not make them rank. So do not do things like, I can help you get higher in the Google rankings, unless you can say, I may, possibly, caveat, probably not because of this, this, and this. Yeah, that's you know, so right. Don't, don't make big promises you can't deliver on. Because And, and if clients ever ask...
0: Well, what results can I expect, or what, you know, ask you about that? Do you offer guarantees on your copywriting? I always say, no, I absolutely cannot because I don't know how what your sales team are doing leading up to this. I don't know what other marketing you're doing.
1: I don't know what the design's going to look like.
0: I don't know how you're following up. Yeah.
1: Copy I mean, I think if you're, mar- if you're a marketing agency and you're doing the whole end to end branding build, whatever, then you have to be able to say that kind of thing. But yes. generally, you know, <laughs> Let's be honest about it. Often we're the last thing people think about because all the way up to some point they think, oh, "I'll just write the copy myself." Yeah. And then the eighth hour, they're like, "Oh no, maybe not. We need a copywriter." Yeah. As oh, the website yeah. developer
0: says, "Where's the copy we need? Yeah. We need ten
1: thousand words." Yeah, I've got lots of Lauren ipsum. Should I replace it or just leave it as is? I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean, if you unless you've got any more gold, Kate, you've been sharing some cracking tips there. Um, I thought we could wrap up. Um, yep. Basically, if if you want to charge more, there are some other things you can do. You can get more projects on your books. If you want to earn more, I should say, you can yeah. get more projects on your book or you can charge more for fewer projects. And I think ideally we all want the second one. We, we want to work a bit less. We want to charge more to have fewer projects. Um, but if you want to charge more, you've got to deliver the kind of service that warrants your price tag.
1: Yeah, and of course, and something we've talked about on previous episodes, you can, of course, start subcontracting. So using oh, yeah. min- minions to do the work and you are just project managing it, maybe lightly touching it as it passes through your business. But again, as we talked about in that episode, don't underestimate what that involves and how it kind of moves you away from being a copywriter mm. and turns you into a project manager. If you're happy with that, then you can earn a lot more money that way as well. Not as fun as you th- might think. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler. Some people love it, but I think they're weird.
0: (laughs) Well regular listeners will know that this is when we read out a review on the show and we have got a cracker today from angela rogers from australia and angela says whenever there's a new hot copy podcast i pop it straight to the top of my very long playlist kate and belinda are very generous with sharing their knowledge and experience and they make a great duo thanks angela i love hearing their different perspectives because i can pick and choose the advice that resonates with me fyi guys it's about 50 50. I think I'm a blend of you both. Well, that is either very exciting or kind of horrifying. Um, <laughs> Hot Copy has played a big part in setting up my copywriting business and I'm so grateful. Isn't
1: that a cracking review? I know. Angela's in my community and she's, she's, she's going great, great guns. You should follow her on LinkedIn. Her LinkedIn is impeccable. Oh, very Nice. Deep. Nice.
0: Check yeah. and of course thank you for listening if you like the show leave us a rating or review on itunes or stitcher your review helps other copywriters find us of course and just like angela rogers we will give you a shout out on the show if you've got any thoughts about what we've talked about today head to com. well thank you very much kate this has been a great one
1: well done us hooray goodbye Bye. until next time happy writing Thanks for listening right to the end. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy my two other podcasts. I have one called The Recipe for SEO Success, which is all about SEO tips, advice, and helping you grapple the Google beast. And my other, The Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, which is all about dealing with the stresses of running your own business. You can find both of them on iTunes and Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. I've been drinking
0: some concoctions, so I sound a little less like a drag queen.
1: Why have you got? Have you got? Oh, a bad, just a cold. I've got tonsillitis, mate. Oh, I, you... I take your cold and I up you. That's what you I do. Don't... Yeah. <laughs>